Hi there. This is Brian Lamb, and I own Infinity Sports Network and the ISN Podcast Network. First off, I hope you and your loved ones are safe and doing well during this difficult time. Secondly, I'd like to say thank you for giving the podcasts on our network a listen. We appreciate each and every one of you and value your opinions. If you'd like to reach us to offer feedback, please message us on Twitter at ISN Pod Network. Additionally, if you'd like to advertise with us, you can email us at podcast at infinitysportsnetwork.com. Finally, I'd like to say thank you for giving the podcasts on our network a listen, and I hope that you enjoy our content. ISN Podcast Studios, this is the NFL Draft Lounge Podcast. And welcome in to the NFL Draft Lounge Podcast, presented by the ISN Podcast Network. I am your host, Brian Lamb. Episode number one. Let's get to it. On this week's podcast, we have Chris Smith. He owns the Unfiltered Sports Network. He's going to join us to recap the 2020 NFL Draft. Give us a couple grades on uh, some teams that performed well. And we're also going to take a really early look at some 2021 prospects, specifically at the quarterback position. Before we get to our interview with Chris, I'd like to invite you to check out some of our written content at NFLDraftLounge.com, where we have some 2020 NFL Draft grades, some prospect spotlights, And we've started to take a look at some 2021 NFL Draft prospects, such as Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, and Gregory Rousseau. You can also find us on social media. On Facebook, we're at NFL Draft Lounge ISN, all one word. You can find us on Twitter, at NFL Draft Lounge. And you can also find my personal account on Twitter, at Brian Lamb underscore ISN. It's Brian with an I. And without further ado, let's get to the interview with Chris. All right, Chris, first impressions, what did you think of the 2020 NFL draft? Uh, you know what? This has been a really, uh, really unique year um, with, with uh, the fans being out. And uh, it's kind of a completely different experience. You got to see, you know, the kind of the the uh, the personal touch of seeing things like uh, Bill Belichick's dog, uh, Jerry Jones, all white uh, room in his yacht, which I'm convinced he built just in case there was ever a virtual draft. Um, just to flex on everyone, uh, got to see, uh, Cliff Kingsbury's unique yard, whatever was going on with Mike Vrabel's kids. The one that looked like he was on the toilet. We don't have to go there. Yeah. No, uh, he, he was on it. Yeah. Yeah. They, they said he was not, but that's what was going on. Yeah. Um, but, but it was really unique. There was a personal touch added. Um, I personally hope this is the only year it's like this because I, I would love to go to the draft. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a different experience, but this is special, and I think we're going to remember this forever. And again, hopefully it's the only time. I just thought it was really cool to kind of get like a peek into their process because it, it, it felt like you got more this year than you did by seeing them in the war room, seeing them in, their, in, in, the, in the facilities and work from that way. You know, you got to see, you know, Kyle Shanahan with six different screens and 
Dave Gettleman with his binders. It was just, <laughs> I mean, yeah, like it was just, it was different, but it was, I really enjoyed it. And I hope they can kind of play off of that a little more. Um, sticking with 2020, which team do you think had the best draft? Uh, there's two that really stick out in my mind. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens, uh, they definitely knocked it out of the park to get uh, Patrick Queen in the back of the first have a uh, Christian Fulton fall to them in the back of the second, who I had a first round grade on um, Matt Abike from Texas A&M and Devin DuVernay in the third. Uh, I, I gave them an A plus for the draft. And I, I think that's uh, might even be selling it short. They did a fantastic job this year. Um, my second team is probably going to give me a little Twitter hate because I used to be a Cowboys writer. Um, but the Dallas Cowboys absolutely killed it this year. I think Jerry Jones should go on that yacht every year and make calls. Um, to have a, a top 10 player on just about everyone's board, CeeDee Lamb fall to them. He wasn't my number one receiver, but the separation between him and Jerry Judy was by less than 0.1. So to get a guy like that at 17, and then to get a guy that you were considering at 17 and, and Trayvon Diggs, all the way down and at their pick, their pick in the second round. They didn't have to trade up for him. Just absolutely fantastic. Um, and then to get a guy like Tyler Biotish in the fifth round, just <laughs> you, you couldn't have scripted it that way. Yeah, I mean, it was just, it, it felt like this year, like there was so much value in, in the later rounds. Um, you know, even guys like K.J. Hill, who I think is just a really intelligent slot receiver and, and plays the position really well, but didn't fit into Ryan Day's offense at Ohio State. To see him come off the board in the seventh round to the Chargers, it's just, I mean, that's just, it's a steal, in my opinion. Um, what about teams that just missed the mark this year in the draft? Uh, I have two of those as well. Um, the first one is uh, the Green Bay Packers. Uh, you know, I don't hate the Jordan Love pick. I hate that they traded up to get him. I, I feel like you're just asking for issues with Aaron Rodgers, who's always been a little sensitive. Uh, he's probably gonna block me on Twitter for saying that. Sorry, A Rod, uh, but he's you know you're caught, you're just inviting issues there, and then you trade it up to get him when the second leading receiver in number of targets over the last few years has been out of bounds, like. Devontae Adams and then out of bounds. Yeah. Like in a receiver heavy draft. And then with their second pick, they take uh, AJ Dillon. My God. Um, but it was such a weird fit there. And, and again, in such a huge receiver heavy draft, they've completely missed the mark. So the Eagles were the other team that really missed the mark this year. Um, you know, they had a chance to step up and take and take the, uh, the CD lamb away from the Cowboys uh, all they had to do is trade that second round pick and CeeDee Lamb would have been all theirs. That was the guy that was their that was their target this year. Um, and they could have taken him away from a division rival. Um, something that they did a few years ago when they got Dallas Goddard in the second round, uh, right in front of Dallas, who needed a tight end. Um, had a chance to do it again. Unfortunately for them, uh, they didn't want to give up that second round pick and ended up going to Dallas. Uh, they took Jalen Rager, who's a He's a fantastic speed receiver in his own right. Uh, he's He's got a really good game. I had a late first, early second round grade on him. I think he's a really good player, but uh, he, there's a big gap between him and C.D. Lamb. And Lamb would have been exactly what the team needed. Um, and, then with that, and then with that pick that they refused to trade away, they took a quarterback. 
Yeah. When they have a 27-year-old quarterback on a $32 million a year deal. And I get he's had some injury history, but uh, as Tom Moore once said, uh, if uh, if Peyton Manning's hurt, we're, uh, we're screwed. I'll just make it more PG, and we don't practice screwed. Yeah, I, I have a friend that's a, an Eagles fan, and we were talking about it. And, you know, I, I likened it to, you know, if if he's if he's buying insurance for Carson Winston, he's paying a, a, a hell of a premium for it. <laughs> and, you know, his thing was, you know, Howie Roseman seems like the type of guy that would pay for, like, rental car insurance. Like, you know, like... It just doesn't make sense, right? And and you know, I mean, just just those two picks alone for the Eagles, just uh, it it yeah, they they got a low grade just based the, on the, that. The alone. rest the rest of their draft was actually pretty nice. Yeah, but it's just you can't recover from that. They completely missed a golden opportunity. So give me an underrated prospect that you think is going to find success in the NFL. Um, I already mentioned him, uh, but Devin Duvernay uh, came in the back, came into the back of the third. Um, guy is just absolutely criminally underrated. Um, dude, it uh, does just about everything well. Um, extremely productive, fast, great hands. Um, a little bit tight as a route runner, uh, but nothing that can't be fixed. Um, the Ravens already have a good receiving core there with, with uh, with Brown and uh, Boykin developing, but I I don't see any reason why Duvernay can't come in and find playing time early. And to be honest, long term he may end up being the best of that group. Yeah, I I didn't think he had the numbers in college that would really warrant a, a high draft pick, but he he had the abilities, the tools, the intangibles, everything that you want to see from him. And, you know, I I thought he was a really solid prospect. I just, you know, I, 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 you know he's probably the definition of, of underrated. Well, this year, I think I think it was just this receiving class because there there were years where he may have snuck into the first round. And then obviously that that would have been a huge reach. But, you know, there are years like uh, I think it was 2015 when when uh, Dotson and all those guys went in the first round. Like I, I think he's every bit as good as those guys were as prospects. It's just uh, this this draft class. There was fifteen to twenty guys who were in that second to third round range, and so guys were going to fall. Yeah. Um. So as we head into the twenty twenty one NFL draft season, who's your top prospect and why? Um, <laughs> I feel like I'm kind of taking the easy way out here, but. I don't feel like I feel like you're not serious if you're saying anyone other than Trevor Lawrence. Um, the guy has demonstrated the ability to do absolutely everything that you could possibly want out of a quarterback. Uh, you know he needs to be a little more consistent on the on the mental side of things. He could definitely force the ball a little bit, but when you come into the when you come into the college level and you're already one of the most talented guys uh, right away you start to force things a little bit. You saw with Andrew Luck his last year. This is, this is, that's not something that concerns me very much. Um, he should definitely, uh, grow out of that in the NFL. Um, he, he does, he does all the little things correctly and, and you, and you see it 
every single game. And even when he kind of backs himself into a hole, he plays clutch to get out of it. If you look at the Ohio State game, the way he played in the second half, absolutely fantastic. Um, he's done just about everything you want a quarterback to do. Uh, there's there's guys at every position next year that are extremely exciting to watch. I'm I'm uh, excited to see what uh, Jamar Chase is going to do. Uh, there's I actually think their wide receiver group next year could be as good as the one this year, maybe even better, at least at the top. It, definitely excited to get uh, to get dug in on these guys, but I feel like Lawrence has to be the answer. I I know that you do a lot of work with the quarterbacks. What are your thoughts on Trey Lance from uh, North Dakota State? Um, he's extremely exciting. I I think the the biggest thing that gets him hype is the zero interceptions. Um, that a lot of that is because of the competition he played against. It's very reminiscent of uh, Nick Foles in 2013, where he only threw two interceptions, but there were there was uh, I don't know seven or eight that could have been intercepted that year, and just dropped. Uh, there were a few that should have been intercepted on Lance last year. Uh, with that with that said, uh, don't let that take away from your evaluation on the guy's fantastic. Uh, he he does he does everything. Uh, I would probably encourage him to stay one more year this year. We'll see what kind of improvement he makes. He's a little bit raw as a passer. Um, a lot of that is, again, the competition he's playing against. If you can throw verticals all day, you know, you'll do it. Quickest route to points. But uh, he, he definitely can make every throw in the book. Uh, he's extremely athletic. Um, I definitely love what I see out of him. He, he's a strong contender to challenge uh, Justin Fields for the number two spot. Yeah, I mean, it. you know, I, I think the quarterback position for 2021 is is going to be very similar to, to the receiver position of 2020 where we, you know, had three guys and, you know, it, it was kind of a toss-up between them. You know, I, I think Lawrence runs away with it, but, you know, I think Fields and Lance are both right there. And, you know, uh, uh, you know as we saw with with Joe Burrow, a good season can completely change it for, for anybody you know, at this point. Um, so, Chris, where can we find you on social media? Uh, you could find me at uh, Chris Smith USN on Twitter. Um, you can also find my, uh, my website, the Unfiltered Sports Network, at the, uh, the Unfiltered S1. Uh, we're always putting out great, uh, great draft content, fantasy football content, and doing a little bit of NFL this year, but we're going to stick mostly to the draft. All right, man. I appreciate having you on, and uh, we got to do this again soon. And, yeah, definitely. Uh, and thanks for having me. Yeah, we'll dive, uh, dive more into uh, 2021. Hey, man, let's get to it. All right. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Right. Once again, I'd like to thank Chris Smith from the Unfiltered Sports Network for joining us on the podcast this week. I hope you all enjoy the interview as much as I did, and we'll see you next week. Take care. Take care.